Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you know you're in the right place. If you're keeping track, this is episode number 327 of Coffee Break with Game Changers, a show we launched on October 5th, 2011. My, how time flies. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. Okay. We found a quote. Well, it's not quite on the street, actually. I'll tell you why. We found a quote from Travis Rice. I had no idea who he is, but I love the quote. Young guy born October 9th, the same month as me, but not the same year, 1982, an American professional snowboarder, ranked number 13 on Snowboarder Magazine's 20. The most influential snowboarders of the last 20 years featured in more than 20 snowboarding films. He's known as the Paul Revere of the big mountain freestyle movement. Let me get to the quote. Here we go. We'll never know our full potential unless we push ourselves to find it. That's from Travis Rice. Very, very telling quote. And I think it's what we're going to be talking about today. Specifically, career stretch opportunities. You may remember we tackled this topic for the first time on March 14th, not that long ago. Same panel is invited back, but we thought it's such a hot topic and so important to all of you listening around the world that we wanted to revisit it. So what is a career stretch opportunity? Well, think of it as a temporary assignment that requires you to learn or give or challenge yourself to expertise that's outside of your regular job duties. That's right. You're in the same job, in the same title, but you're moving to a different assignment that lets you stretch and grow. This is being embraced as a concept by companies and by workers. Why would employees want to do this other extra work? Well, a lot of us are eager to showcase new skills and develop and follow new passions. So what's our panel going to talk about today? Well, more of what we talked about in March, but we're going to take the approach of stretch opportunities. Are they just for, I'll hate hate to say the word, but young people entering the workforce who say, well, you hired me to do XYZ, but I can really do ABC. Or is it for people who've been around in the workforce for a lot more years? Either they're bored or they're saying, you know, there's a lot going on in this company. I think I'd like to learn on the job, but I'd like to stretch. So we're going to talk about how to accept and maybe how to ask for and negotiate stretch assignments on your own terms. That's right to make you happy and the company. We're going to talk also about a report from Be Leaderly, and you'll find out about that, on how there seems to be a gender differentiation in how people determine their readiness to stretch. It's like going to the gym or to the ballet bar. you got to do a little stretching and you got to get ready. That's what we're talking about. Let me tell you who my three panelists are again, and then we'll get started. First up, welcoming back Selena Rezvani, R-E-Z-V-A-N-I. Vice President of Consulting and Research at Be Leaderly. That's the report I just mentioned. Joining her on the panel again is Robert Solomon, Director of Talent Development with the NEW. That's the Network of Executive Women. Very exciting organization. And rounding out the panel is Shuchi Sharma. Yes, I can say that. She spells her first name S-H-U-C-H-I. Global Vice President and Leader of Gender Intelligence at SAP. And I wonder how many companies have an area, a section, a department called gender intelligence. Well, 
SAP does. So welcome to my three esteemed panelists. I know how busy you are, so let's get started. Selena sent us a quote from Thomas L. Friedman. I call him a young guy. He was born in 1953. American journalist and author, three-time Pulitzer Prize winner, writes a weekly column for the New York Times, and he's been awarded all kinds of accolades all over the world, including an Overseas Press Club Award in 2004 for Lifetime Achievement, and he was named to the Order of the British Empire by Queen Elizabeth II. Woohoo! Here's the quote. It's a long one. Listen up. Always be in the state of mind of a piece of software that's about 85% done. You throw it over the wall. The consumer, te- the community tests it. They throw it back. You work on it some more. You throw it over the wall again. They test it and so on. Never think of yourself as finished. Otherwise, you really will be finished. I love the quote. Selena, welcome back. How have you been? I'm great, Bonnie. Thank you for having me back. It's good to be here. Wonderful. I love this quote, and I know there was a lot of lead-up, but I think the punchline, what we're talking about for Stretch here, is never think of yourself as finished in quotes, otherwise you really will be finished. So talk to me about how does that relate to our topic of Stretch, and not only that, Selena, what are, how is this impacting or how is this appealing to different generations? We know in the workforce we've got five or six, maybe seven generations side by side. So to whom does this appeal the most? Yeah, well, let me just say, first of all, I love that quote, too, and and it really inspires me. Why, you know, part of it is we live in a culture where we're swimming in advice, especially aspirational advice, and I think that the subtext of that is take enough, you know, advice vitamins and you'll be complete, you know, work on this piece of your career or that piece of your career. So I think it's humbling to see yourself as this ever-improving, always-needing-feedback, you know, kind of person. And, and it acknowledges the speed of change happening around us, too. Um, you know, you're 100% right, Bonnie. This is for everyone. Stretching at work, showing you can stretch. Anybody who wants to be relevant needs to do this. Um, I'll never forget a senior leader sitting down with me and saying, Selena, there is a competitive advantage from getting, you know, from point A to point B quickly. And I think stretch opportunities show that you're that kind of worker. Who doesn't want to be that? I I love the way you put it in terms of relevance. And that's a word that is finding a lot of importance in the workplace, in the business world today. You said if you want to be relevant, you need to stretch. One quick question before we move on to Robert and his, and his quote. Uh, Selena, how do you know when you're not being relevant? Is it when you're not getting promotions, when you're not getting invited to parties at, the, at work, uh, when you're not getting awards and everybody else on the team is getting a coffee cart with special croissants or something like that? How do you know when you stop being relevant in your current job? Yeah, I think that's a great one. Um You know, I think one clear indicator is that other people are doing asking and negotiating for those plum project and assignments. And so what's left over? You know, the stuff you're working on, which is often the invisible kind of workhorse projects, right? They need to get done. But guess what? Nobody tends to notice when the trains run on time in this world. We tend to notice, you know, the bigger, bolder type projects. And so I think one way you know that 
you're kind of becoming irrelevant is people don't see you. They're not hearing about the quality or the types of work projects, you know, you're staffed mm-hmm. on. And so I think visibility is huge. That's something that's, that's just not going to change in the near future. Thank you, Selena. Good introduction to our topic. And now I'm going to move around the table just a little bit to Robert Solomon. Robert, do you want me to call you Rob or Robbie? I forgot what we did last time. What's your comfort Robbie, level today? Robbie is absolutely fine, Bonnie D. Robbie, you're a dear Bonnie D. Yeah, we, we know each other well. Now, Robbie has sent us a quote from a very interesting person, Stanley Tukey Williams, Tukey, T-O-O-K-I-E in quotes, December 29, 1953 to December 13, 2005. He was an American gangster. I'm using the ER on the end of the word, not gangsta, because it's not the not the, the kind, the Hollywood kind. One of the original founders and leaders of the Crips gang in L.A., California. He formed an alliance with a, a gentleman named Raymond Washington, establishing the Crips as the first major African-American street gang in what's called the South Central in L.A., uh, he was also convicted of murdering four people during two robberies, and he was executed by the state of California after his appeals were rejected by Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger on December 13, 2005. Never have we had anybody like this quoted on the show, Robbie, in, in, in seven years and about 1,500 shows. So I was very intrigued with this. Let me read the quote. I have come to learn that criticism without a viable solution is nothing more than an arrogant show of words laced with barren self-importance. Robbie, that's a wow quote, especially coming from a guy like that. Talk to me. How in the world did you pick the quote? So I picked the quote because we live in a feedback-rich environment that is often about nitpicking and criticism as opposed to moving people towards a viable solution. So um, that whole idea of remaining relevant in our careers, and the only way when you know you're not relevant is when you're not getting the feedback. Um, a, how do we get you to do more mm. of what you're doing, or we want you to stop doing those things because the results are not ideal. So um, feedback is absolutely essential, but if it's not moving us towards a viable solution, for me that becomes the arrogant show of words laced with they're in self-importance. How do I lower that person's um, feeling, self-esteem, however they, they are seeing themselves, so that I can feel better about myself rather than giving the feedback or the criticism and helping them move towards, again, that viable solution? Wow. You know, this rang true for me. I, I won't go into any personal details, but uh, I think this reminds me of what, when we try to talk about bullies, Robbie. We talk about bullies, nothing more than an arrogant show of words laced with barren self-importance. Isn't that really what a bully is today? And we get them online. We get them at all ages and all shapes and sizes in communities and in online forums in real life. Do you, do you agree with that or am I off base here? No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think bullies are everywhere. They are in corporate America. They are in politics. They are in schools. They are on the corner. Um, how we deal with bullies is really about the same. We can't, again, we cannot give credence to um, those arrogant show of words. Um, Rarely do the bullies try to muster or back up what they are saying. Um, Rather, it's the bluff. Now, there are some bad people in the world um, who have the, they use the words and they back those up. I don't think those are bullies. I've probably called those terrorists. 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think you're spot on, uh, Bonnie. Thank you very much. I really appreciated the quote, and thanks for going out of the normal quote range to find this one. Uh, very, very interesting. Okay, let me recover now, and let me turn to Shuchi Sharma, who has sent us a quote. She likes Simon Sinek, and she had a quote from Simon last time. Simon Sinek, a very young guy born in 1973, British-American author, motivational speaker, marketing consultant, author of four books, began his career at New York ad agencies, Euro RSCG and Ogilvy and Mather, and then launched his own business Cynic Partners and his talk on how great leaders inspire action. There's the action word, Robbie. His talk is listed as the third most popular TED Talk Anywhere. And his books include Leaders Eat Last, Why Some Teams Pull Together and Others Don't, and Together is Better, a little book of inspiration. If you want to know more, look him up, Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K. And here is today's quote from Shuchi from Simon Sinek. Quote, work hard to seem infallible and others will work to find our flaws. Admit our shortcomings, and others will work to help us be infallible. This is another life lesson here, Shuchi. How have you been? Welcome back. I'm great, Bonnie. It's such a pleasure to be on the show again. Thank you for having me. Oh, delighted. I, I was. I enjoyed the conversation so much the first time with you, Selena, and Robbie that we just had to do part two. So talk to me. First of all, why are you so inspired by Simon Sinek? I, I love the quotes you bring us. And what does he mean to you? And then how does this quote relate to our topic today on Career Stretch? Simon's done, as you, know, you mentioned, some great work on the power of why. And I found that personally very compelling. And as I began to read more and research, I thought he just has so many interesting lessons to share. He is and must be a very old soul. This quote in particular really struck me as I was reflecting on our last conversation and talking about stretch assignments and probably really compliments the quote that Serena... Selena brought, excuse me, Selena brought uh, to the show today as well, because it's very similar in nature. So it just made me think that, you know, we all have something to learn and some part of ourselves that can grow and change, and we need to be open to that. And that's really the first step in seeking a stretch assignment, and not expecting that we are going to be perfect at some point. Very interesting. I, I, uh, I, it's just I have a lot of personal lessons learned from a statement like this, and it's it's very interesting. Uh, strong women, strong men who come into a room with capabilities and energy and offerings to help build a team or grow a team or add to capabilities, any of those, uh, I, I think I find this very, very true that others will try to find out what's What's wrong with you? What What is your Achilles heel? You couldn't possibly be that smart. You couldn't possibly have a resume like that. Let's knock them down. Am, am I right, Chuchi? I think so. I think that's kind of, unfortunately, a little bit of human nature there. But uh, when you are vulnerable and open and humble, uh, it seems to engender a lot more trust and long-term confidence. I think you're right. What's your thought about stretch? I asked this of uh, Selena earlier. Is it for everybody in the workforce? Is it just for people under a certain age? Who should be aspiring or seeking out stretch assignments? That's a great question. Anybody who really wants 
to explore new areas, who is naturally curious, who is interested about ways that their skills can be used to make contributions outside of what they're currently doing, should really explore and seek a stretch assignment. I wouldn't say it's for everyone. There are people and there are jobs in our society that are probably more rote or repetitive in nature and people who really like and appreciate that. And that's perfectly okay. But for other people that are really interested in doing very different things or have a very low boredom threshold, stretch assignments are a great way to gain exposure to a new area without taking a complete risk or making a complete career change right off the bat. Thank you. Thank you, Shushi. And I'm going to go around the panel. I have a quick question for all three of you before we do. Where are you calling from and what's in your cup today? Because we want to know what powers the three of you. Question is, what's the responsibility level of managers to let staff, employees, workers, whatever, whether it's a contingent worker, a full-time, a gig worker, whatever it is, what is the responsibility and the role of managers to let the people know you can stretch on this team, or we will make opportunities. Is it a question of corporate policy that comes down from the C-suite, from the head of HR, HCM, whatever you want to call that area today? What is the responsibility on both sides? Because I'm guessing that an employee wants to stretch and is met with, what? Seriously? We hired you to do X, Y, Z, how dare you? Is not going to want to stretch too much. So, Selena, let's start with you. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great question people don't ask enough, actually. Um, and I think what, what I'm seeing is that millennials are going to demand this. So if managers don't give it to them freely, uh, millennials are asking for it. I just read an article that said millennials expect jobs to be, to be development opportunities. Mm-hmm. So when you think about you know, you think about it that way, everything they're looking to do is stretch-related. I think managers need it to be okay, and, and one way that they can kind of espouse that is by creating roles that are more fluid, that allow you to kind of be a joiner on, on the team and also to disband and walk off into that next opportunity. So I think fluidity You know, we can handle it if you join our team for a six-month rotation and then leave. Mm -hmm. And also, it's okay if you want to leave this group you've been part of and go try something else. Um, I think the other thing is rewarding it. You know, don't we all feel motivated by the things we're we're rewarded to do? Um, You know, why not reward people who stick their necks out and do something stretchy? Uh, You know, I would even argue regardless of the results. It takes a lot of nerve, um, you know, to do that. And a lot of statistics are showing it's helping organizations to have people stretch. Thank you very much. Very thoughtful answer. Robbie Solomon, love to get your thoughts on this question and from the perspective of you as a professional in the field as well as from the network of executive women. What's the thought there, the philosophy? So your question was about managers, but what I'd like a clarifying uh Mm-hmm. adjective about is good managers. People are Ooh. not leaving jobs. They are leaving bad managers. If you want to be considered a good manager, it is absolutely imperative that you know what motivates your employees, whether it's their salary, whether it's their autonomy, whether it's their ability to grow, whether it's their ability to be seen and be recognized. It is absolutely essential that managers know why their employees are there. So whether they are an hourly employee or whether they are 
a day trader making millions of dollars, you need to understand why they are there. And that leads directly into the stretch assignment. So then once you truly understand why that employee shows up every day, then you can mm-hmm. give stretch assignments that are appropriate for the employee. So I would say it's absolutely essential for a good manager to be able to deliver stretch assignments for the appropriate employee to get them where they are trying to go because we all have aspirations, even if that aspiration is just to have a job for next year or if it is a job to get promoted to the next level. Thank you. Very thoughtful answer as well. And Shuchi Sharma, love to get your thoughts on this. Whose responsibility is it to offer or accept or talk about um, stretch opportunities? Where does it come from? It is definitely the responsibility of the manager, but it is also the responsibility of the organization. And I can see how a traditional corporate culture where you have very falsified, hierarchical, siloed, um, managerial structures that are more turf-oriented, mm-hmm. stretch assignments to be disincentivized. So the whole organization has to think of this as a culture change. And as the workplace is changing so dramatically, and we talk a lot about the future of work, you know, this is something that you have to really incentivize and create a new normal around by instituting large organizational programs which are accessible to all people that encourage these kinds of assignments. I think that's likely to be very, very successful if there is a real cultural mandate behind it. And you start to, as Selena said, reward people, but also reward the managers who are promoting this kind of stretch assignment because ultimately they are going to realize that this investment in their employees is going to bring back new skills, new experiences, new perspectives into their team, which will only enrich their productivity and output and outcome uh, going forward. Thank you very much. Three great answers. And now let me circle back around to Selena Rizvani and Selena. Where are you today? And what are you drinking that makes you really, really, really happy? And then give us just a 60-second overview of what's happening at Be Leaderly. Go ahead, Selena. Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. I am calling from sunny Philadelphia, PA, today, and I'm drinking this gorgeous mug of coffee from High Point Roasters. This is like a little cafe group in Philly here that roasts their own beans. Best thing about this place is whenever I go in, they never have the audacity to ask me, do you want decaf or the high octane? They just give me the strong stuff, which I really appreciate and love about them. Um we're having a great time at Be Leaderly. We are busy delivering leadership development kind of training across the country. And the other exciting thing is we're getting ready to launch our first research report, some of which we're talking mm. about today. That comes out next month. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Just give Is there a title to the report? What could you just give us a little sneak preview? What, what will we hear or see when we actually see it? Yeah, it's all about the kind of confines of the comfort zone. So how do you extend yourself and and how does it look different from a gender lens? We'll be talking about that. Some things will surprise you where there's similarities between men and women and others where there are clear, you know, gaps in experience. Thank you very much. Good overview, Selena Rizvani. And now let's go to Robbie Solomon at Network of Executive Women. 
Well, where are you today, Robbie? And what do you love to drink the most? And what's new at the NEW? What's new at new? So this morning I'm in downtown Chicago, Illinois, on the lake, and it's absolutely beautiful here. Um, This morning in my cup I have some of the world's finest H2O. Um, (laughs) I've had enough coffee for the morning, so it's time to mellow out and uh, stay hydrated for a long day ahead of me. So at new, we have lots of new things going on, uh, no pun intended. But we are launching new initiatives for women of color. We just released a new report talking about the gender gap uh, mm-hmm. and the gender gap in pay and where we are seeing that we partnered with Mercer. So um, right now, we have a ton of change going on and growth, and it's just an very exciting time at the Network of Executive Women. Wonderful. Glad to have you back, Robbie. We really appreciate your time. And now let's move around the table to Shuchi Sharma at SAP, Global VP and Leader of Gender Intelligence at SAP. Shuchi, number one, where are you today? Number two, what do you love to drink the most? Brand names are acceptable here on Coffee Break. And what is gender intelligence as a unit, as a department, as a center of excellence? How long has it been in existence, and do you know how many companies have such an area? So give me a little background, please. Sure. Bonnie, I'll start with your first question. What's in my cup today is a delicious fresh brewed cup of Seattle's Best Coffee, which is not Starbucks. It's actually called Seattle's Best Coffee, and I am in sunny Newtown Square, Philadelphia at our headquarters here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, to answer your question on what is gender intelligence, it is really ensuring that all voices are heard regardless of gender. Men and women both bring equal, interesting strengths to the table that are very complementary, and we need to ensure that both sets are applied to drive our organization forward to advance innovation and, as we like to say at SAP, make the world run better. I like to think of it kind of like an orchestra where um, the conductor has to ensure that the different instruments are heard at different times to ensure that Mm -hmm. a beautiful piece of music is heard by the audience. And to me, that is uh, the best analogy for what gender intelligence really is. At SAP, we have a very ambitious goal to move more women into leadership, to drive that equity and intelligence across the organization, uh, and ensure that there is a balance of voices being heard. So we are trying to move from 25% in leadership, which is a very uh, ambitious goal we just reached, to reach 30% women in leadership in 2022. Mm. There you go. Plenty of opportunity. I, I have so many interesting stretch stories of my own, but I don't want to don't want to take too much time. But I'll just share one with you. Uh, I was hired eight years ago as a contractor by SAP, and a couple weeks later, I was in New York. A couple weeks later, my manager from Denver happened to visit New York, and we sat down and met in the cafeteria at the old, you know where, uh, sushi, you know where, the old uh, downtown office. 
on, I can't remember the name of the street. It was all near, near Houston Street. I can't remember the name of the street. And I started to cry when I met her. And she said, what's wrong? Are you unhappy here? And I said, no, I love it. I want to work here full time. And she said, We're, we feel the same way about you. We're finding a spot for you. And they hired me into a full-time position. But shortly after that, we were on a team call. And she said to the team, she was looking for somebody to lead a project developing MythBuster videos about SAP. I had never developed a professional video in my life, but I raised my hand on this team call and I said, I want to do it. And before I knew it, she was on a phone call with me and said, you're it. You can do it. I'm setting you up with an agency in the Philadelphia area. They're on board. They they worked with SAP. They know what to do and will give you the tools you need. The project is yours. Now go out and develop four professional quality high-end videos, and we're going to use them around the company. That was my first, my first attempt at stretching, and uh, the videos were very successful. So any comments from anybody? Is that how it works? You just raise your hand just quickly around the table. Selena? You know, it certainly starts with that. Um, I'm, I don't know how you were feeling at the time, Bonnie, but I guess there was maybe a little volcanic activity under the surface there. There usually <laughs> is when most people raise, you know, their hands. Um, but yeah, I think it can start with having a nose for what excites you and interests you and, and letting yourself raise your hand. You know, it's almost like saying, uh, you know, I'll let that interest be my compass and I'll figure out Mm -hmm. the how later or next. Very interesting. Robbie, any quick comments on that before I tell you what I'm drinking? And then, and then Chuchi, of course. Robbie? I would certainly say it it can start that way. It may not for everyone, but Mm -hmm. I would say start by raising your hand, be visible, be seen. Um, your performance gets you um, into the door. Your image and your reputation within the organization keeps you viable. But ultimately, it's exposure um, to people knowing that the work that you're doing and knowing that you are interested in doing an assignment, a stretch assignment, is how you move forward in the organization. You have to make sure that people are working on your behalf and you are making yourself available. Thank you. Make yourself available there. Very, very key. Shuchi, thoughts? The only thing I would add to the great insights of Selena and Robbie would be to also, when you raise your hand and make a request for a stretch assignment, position it in a way that your manager will see what's in it for them. So, uh, you know, why is it going to help the team? Why is it going to help the business? And state that you want to be in a position to add value to the organization going, going forward and building your skill set in a certain area will allow you to do that. So if you make the case in that way, people are often very receptive to trying to help you find that assignment that allows you to gain that experience and skill. Thank you, Shuchi. And I'm looking here at your notes later on for later on the roundtable. And one of the, you have a quote here from Albert Einstein, strive not to be a success, but rather to be of value. I love that. Thank you very much. Oh, you all know I'm drinking water in a cool, clear mug. Yellow straw today here in Durham, North Carolina. We have had an amazing amount of rain in the past five days, almost torrential over the weekend. And now it just kind of comes out of nowhere and the trees blow sideways and you worry about them. And the plants and the shrubs go at 90 degrees 
trees under your window and you say, oh my, then there's a little thunder and lightning and boom, the rain comes. And then about 30 minutes later, it's sunny again. So I have a feeling I didn't move to Durham. I think I'm in Florida because that's Florida's summer weather where it rains and then it's sunny and it rains and then it's sunny. So I'm not sure what's going on. But the good news is I haven't had to go out and water the garden in several days because uh, the heavens are taking care of it for me. So I, I get to stay inside and plan my radio shows. There you go. So here we are talking with three very smart people, very savvy and very charismatic. We have Selena Resvani at Be Leaderly. We have Robert Solomon Robbie at NEW, the Network of Executive Women. And we have Shuchi. I'm still working on your name, Sharma, at SAP Gender Intelligence. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, my. You know, it's almost too late for a break. We'll take it anyway. We're just going to regroup. We've been having a really good conversation so far about stretch opportunities. And we're going to get into a little bit of the gender differences when we come back. So 90 seconds is all. Don't go away. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. I promise. Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com follow the voice america talk radio network on twitter we're at voice america trn you'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the voice america talk radio network now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office just go to twitter.com forward slash voice america trn or follow along with us at voice america trn the voice america talk radio network we're on the cutting edge of social media can you keep up we're making it easier to listen to the voice america talk radio network wherever you go In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Let's indeed. We're talking about career stretch and readiness, differences from a gender lens, part two. Speaking with Selena Rezvani at Be Leaderly, Robbie Solomon at the Network of Executive Women, NEW, great letters for a good organization, and Shushi Sharma at Gender Intelligence at SAP. Selena, let's do a deep dive into our roundtable right now and talk about some of the insights on gender differences. We've spent the first half of the show talking about what is a stretch opportunity, whether the opportunity should be offered by managers. Robbie made a wonderful statement that people don't leave jobs, they leave bad managers. I would say amen to that a whole bunch of times. Been there, done that, left that. And uh, so now let's talk about gender differences, which is in the report that Be Leaderly is about to publish soon. So let's get started. And I'm just going to ask you to give us some insights, please. Yeah, so we interviewed 1,548 professionals across the U.S., men and women, specifically probing around this question of stretch. What makes you want to step up to an assignment? And on the flip side, what makes you kind of step aside? Um, And here's some of what we found where we saw some differences. Interestingly, when people are sizing up a stretch role, Um, We asked this question, do you tend to understate your qualifications or do you tend to maximize those, even puff them up? And what we found was a pretty large difference between men and women. Women are much likelier to say that they understate their skills and qualifications, um, you know, in favor of inflating or maximizing them. Um, And we're talking about 74% of women saying they they don't inflate versus 60% of men. You know, this is really interesting. And it it begs the question, what what makes a person kind of round up versus round down, you know, in terms of what they can do? And so much research substantiates this finding, even outside of our study, Um, You know, a great example is women in law school. Women in law school tend to have higher GPAs than men, and yet on self-assessment, they rate themselves much more harshly than do their male classmates. Um, You know, what creates that sense of entitlement in a person that let me raise my hand because this is a worth it opportunity versus let me worry about the risk involved? So I think there's a really interesting point here with women rounding up less. Um, what does that mean for organizations? How can they fill in the gap knowing women are probably less likely to nominate themselves for a stretch opportunity? Um, I think one way, by the way, they can do that is by doing something called, you know, stretch opportunity flagging, you know, taking an inventory of when people are you know, taking on stretch opportunities and keeping some records of that, saying we haven't seen this person take something on in two years. Um, Why not have a flag in the system that allows us to approach them and say, you know, we think you have a lot to offer. Are you interested? Very interesting. And that goes back to my question earlier about whose job is it or whose role is it? Does it come from management to identify or point to somebody or say we have something you might like or just to open the door to the option? Robbie Solomon, love to get your reactions to some of the be leaderly results that Selena just shared with us. What are your thoughts and your observations at NEW? 
Absolutely. So I think uh, the findings that uh, Selena just mentioned are absolutely accurate. It's building to the scholarly knowledge that um, practitioners have known for some time, but yet is putting it into a context of 2018. Here at New, we just released our report, The Female Leadership Crisis, Why Are Women Leaving? and What We Can Do About It. And what we have uncovered is that equal representation is falling halfway up with women going up the corporate ladder. And without changes to the corporate culture and policies, in 2027, women will hold about 15% of executive positions. Now, that compared to the number of women in our society who are the primary buyers and consumers, that is absolutely abysmal. And so what we um, found out in our study is that there are four um, primary reasons that women are leaving the organization. So first is isolation. Why am I the only woman at the table? In 2018, this just does not make sense anymore. The second reason is bias, that you don't have to look like what qualification appears like. And so what I, what I mean by that is we don't have to have an image of success that is male or white or middle-aged. Um, we have to eliminate our, our bias way of thinking. Transition. We, women are making it to the middle but not getting to the top in part because organizations aren't supporting them after they get promoted. You're out there on your own. And then finally, this idea about flexibility. Work should not look like it's uh, still 1970. We can do the work leveraging technology in incredible ways. We are able to manage global teams. Our work schedules don't have to reflect a 1970s mindset. So ultimately, culture is key into retaining women and, and getting them to the tops of organizations. There are so many quotable moments in what you just said, Robbie. Let me just read back to you what I took note and make sure I'm correct before I hit the post button on my Twitter. You say, by 2017, women will hold about 15% of executive positions compared to women being the primary consumers in our society. This is abysmal, and work should not look like it's still 1900s. Did I get some of that right, Robbie? Yeah, 1970s, 1970s. 1970s. That's 1900s. Okay, 1970s. I like that. I'm posting that right now, for better or for worse. Here we go. Selena and Shuchi, you're going to be uh, copied on this one, so you'll get a chance to respond after the show. Let's go around the table, and thank you, Robbie. Shuchi Sharma, love to get your thoughts on what Robbie shared and Selena's report on what's in the study from Be Leaderly. What do you think? You know, I couldn't agree more. It does, it does validate... A lot of other research we've seen in that women do want to take stretch assignments. They are ready. Oftentimes what happens, though, is people make decisions for them. Uh, And I think that's part of the challenge we need to change Mm -hmm. in terms of culture. And as leaders and managers, as Selena was saying earlier, we need to ask people uh, what are they interested in before making assumptions based on what Robbie also said, bias. And that is a part of culture we need to systematically address and change. Thank you very much. Um, I want to go back to something in the report here. Selena, I'm looking at some of your notes you sent me for the last show in March. You say, Mm -hmm. despite women's high ambition, in your interviews with more than 50 C-level women, C-suite executives, many of them express that more more junior women who report to them often feel they need, quote-unquote, one more experience in order to be ready to apply for a top job. 
Is that changing? Is that something that is getting less where women are saying, I'm not ready, really. I need to do a little more here and there uh, versus uh, are the men that you talked about in executive positions saying, yeah, Bob's always ready for the next challenge. Let's get Bob into the next stretch opportunity. So mm-hmm. what's the comparison here? Sorry about the bad. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's, what's the gender comparison? What's the lens here, Selena? Yeah, um, you know, look, our data kind of corroborates that finding that, uh, you know, I need one more experience. And, and that was an anecdotal kind of interview finding. But I still hear that, you know, and it's one of the reasons when I offer leadership development training, one of the messages is often, you are enough. You are enough today. You don't need one more accolade or one more, um, you know, slam dunk under your belt in order to negotiate or self-advocate or to do some of the things that go with this. Um, so I would say in some ways that perception is still alive, almost a perfectionistic, um, I really need to be perfectly qualified or suited before mm-hmm. I can raise my hand. And listen, I think that we are starting a little bit late in trying to help women be really good self-advocates. I think, you know, there's a lot of research that shows, you know, even with kids that girls um, are expected to be more communal by their moms, that fathers are more, you know, like emotionally and socially warm and receptive to girls than they are to their sons. I think, you know, we're doing a disservice when we, wait till adulthood to talk about some of these things and say, get out there and self-advocate. You know, we could be doing more at a younger age to instill in girls that it's great to stand up for yourself, that it's great to debate the hard point, um, that it's really important to negotiate for what you need. Thank you very much. Let's continue around the table. Robbie Solomon, thoughts about this? We need one more experience. What do you think? We need one more ingredient before we can bake that pie. Talk to me. Absolutely. So since 2014, uh, the Network of Executive Women has been partnering with the Center for Creative Leadership and on competencies and derailers. And what we have found is we identified eight competencies that were absolutely essential for women in the retail and consumer goods industry to succeed at entry, middle, and senior levels. And the one thing which is uniform, and I think it's it's sad, is women underscore their own potential in these competencies as composed to all of their raters, and we're talking almost 5,000 raters. Um, Mm -hmm. They underscore themselves um, compared to their boss, their superiors, their peers, even their direct reports and others. They rate themselves lower on those competencies. So I think this goes right back to Selena's earlier comment about just needing one more experience so that I can boost that competency level just a little bit more. It goes back to self-awareness and seeing you being as good as you really are as opposed to underselling those competencies that you've spent a career developing. Thank you. Great insight. Chuchi, thoughts on this? What would you like to add? You know, Bonnie, I think that I have seen in my own life, I've fallen victim to that. I remember at one point my husband quizzically looking at me saying, you're, you're ready. You don't need to stop learning. You can be doing now. And uh, it, it's absolutely true. But I have great hope. And the best example to illustrate the hope I have is if you look at the number of women that are running for office in the United States, it has 
probably quadruple in the last year through a lot of grassroots efforts, but a lot of women just saying to themselves, I can do this. Because previously, if you look at the optics, it's mostly white males that hold all the elected offices in our country. And I think over the course of the last few years, a lot of women have asked themselves, what can I do? And running for office is a viable option. And through organizations like Emily's List and Emerge, they are gaining the skills necessary to run for office. They are actually being very successful. We just saw Stacey Abrams take the gubernatorial uh, yes. primary in Georgia, which is very exciting. So women are saying to themselves, you know, I can do probably, if not as bad a job as the guy in office right now, probably much better. <laughs> and that is great. The time has come. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for us to look at the predictions because we are now at 51 after. We've just got six minutes left till we are off the air, and I want to make sure we get predictions. And I'm going to predict, okay, sit still. I'm going to predict I'm inviting you all back for part three, and we'll pick another aspect of this topic. And by then, the Be Leaderly report will be out, and we can talk about it. Selena, how does that sound? That sounds great. We'd love that. Good, because uh, I'm open. I have openings in late August and September. I think I'm up to October after that for bookings here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. So we need to squeeze in part three before the end of the year. Robbie Solomon and Chuchi, do you agree? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any hour with you is a fun hour. I'll even dial in for vacation if it's in August. <laughs> Oh, you're a dear. You're a dear. I have one, one spot in August. I'll let you know. So, but it's out for, out for bid right now. We'll see who gets it. So, Selena Resvani at Be Leaderly, love to have you put on your predictions hat, look into the crystal ball, and tell me in 60 seconds or less, what do you see coming up the pike, down the pike in terms of stretch opportunities, in terms of what we've talked about, women acknowledging their skills, not being so afraid, embracing the fact that stretch is good for them, for the company, and having that, I'll say, adventurous spirit that will take them to the next level or to a completely different job. So what do you predict, Selena? 60 seconds. They're all yours. Go. Yeah. You know, I think there's more and going to be more insistence and just demand for corporate realness, for transparency around pay, harassment, who's getting opportunities. Um, I think DNI is the single most under-leveraged initiative in corporate America today. I think smart companies are going to outcompete the sleepy companies that don't get it. And last but not least, I think AI is taking some gendered bias out of things like recruiting, which is great, beginning to, but we need to see more of it, more in other parts of the business, like in meetings, for example, in how assignments are doled out. Thank you very much. Good opening to our predictions round. Robbie Solomon, I have 60 seconds with your name on them. What do you want to share with us? Cultural disruption. I think corporate America is headed to this crossroads of cultural disruption. And I don't just mean um, disturbances or slight changes. I am actually thinking real upheaval in the way that we work and collaborate the way we live, all those intersections that I would call pluralism are going to create an upheaval in how we do business across the world. Thank you very much. I like that. I hear some optimism in there, Robbie. I really do. And Shushi Sharma, love to get your thoughts. 
bottom line is very similar to what Robbie just said. I think that corporations are the new stewards, can be the new stewards of a better society and one that is more open, more diverse, more inclusive. We have that opportunity. Why not grab it? And I think that we're going to see the optics change. So going back to my example on the elections, the more faces we see that are different running for office, and we start to see that as a norm, we're going to stop seeing uh, folks feeling like they have to do just that one more thing to really jump into the game. Thank you very much. And I want to share one more story with all three of you. I don't know if you know how Game Changers Radio happened to come about, but back in 2012, my manager, I was in full-time, uh, she approached me and said, Bonnie, I don't know what internet radio is, but somebody who was not SAP asked us to be a sponsor of his internet-based business talk radio show on something called Voice America World Talk Radio, and I know you do radio on the internet. Could you look at this request for sponsorship and tell me whether it's a good idea? Well, I took a look at the pitch. I gasped. I asked her to give me a week, and I cold-called the president and CEO of World Talk Radio. And I said, you don't know me, and I don't know you, but I think you know SAP. And he said, yes. I said, how would you like it if you and I put together a concept for a business talk radio show? And I take it back to my manager and see if she'll fund it. So we worked up a deal, and I came back to her, and I said, instead of sponsoring this person's show, I'd like you to give me an opportunity for a 13-week trial of a show about Game Changers and a business roundtable, pure thought leadership. And she thought about it, and eventually she said, okay. So October 5th, 2011, I had never done a business talk show in my life, but I had about 15 years of author interview talk radio under my belt. I just, it, it, could there be a bigger stretch than that, Selena? That's a pretty big stretch, right? Yeah, that's great. Wow. But it was really smart, Bonnie, that you de-risked it a bit by saying, make it a trial. Give me a oh, chance. Yeah. You but know, the problem was, after three weeks, I asked her what she thought, and she said, I love it, go big, I'm funding you for a year, and I sat down and cried because I didn't know enough people, and I didn't have enough topics, and I became the desperate lady of SAP Radio. Fast forward Seven years later, we had almost 950,000 listeners around the world with no paid advertising last year, and we now have almost 40 radio series under the umbrella of Game Changers Radio. Totally homegrown, and I think people are really on board. So what I want to say is thank you for joining me today. Again, I'm looking forward to Part 3, Selena Resvani, Robbie Solomon, Shuchi Sharma. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. I hope I inspired someone to step outside the box and do a career stretch, because I certainly did. Never dreamed for a million years I'd be a full-time broadcaster. So here's my call to action. Shout out also to Joe Miller at Be Leaderly. And we are bringing back Changing the Game with HR, the series soon coming. Uh, part, I think it's season four starting in late June. Dr. Patty Fletcher and Dr. Gabby Berlaku will be leading that and bringing me great topics. So Aaron at World Talk Radio, thank you for being our engineer. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Have a great week.